Hello and welcome to the Farm Advisory Service podcast. My name is Mary Jane Laurie and today I'm speaking to Becky Barr of Easter Bay Law Farm. Becky and her husband Graham are new entrant farmers farming in the Pentland Hills just outside Edinburgh. They have two children, run a meat box business, are nature friendly farmers and Becky also runs a farm fitness class at the Steading. So thank you for speaking to me today, Becky. Can you start by telling us a little bit about your farm? Yes, absolutely. So we um, bought Easter Bay Law in February 2016. It was growing unique because it hadn't actually been farmed for 25 years. So it was a a state of dilapidation. There wasn't a single swinging gate in the farm. Uh All the the ditches were completely sort of filled in. So big drainage issues everywhere. Most of the pasture was actually rushes. So, well, we we had more to deal with than we probably realised when we bought it. Exactly. There was also a very dilapidated uh, cottage up there that we hope to move into at some point, but we yeah. still aren't living there. But it's just the farm is just five minutes up the road um, yeah. from where we are, so it's actually fine. But it will will would be nice to live up there sometimes because yeah. it's a lovely lovely place. Yeah. Basically, we built a five year plan to bring the farm back into production, mm-hmm. and we um, we realised. Just after we bought it, we went straight to SEC and realised, and to find out what sort of grants were available and realised there was a Young Farmers Startup Grant available that Graham was soon not to be young enough to, <laughs> <laughs> to be eligible for, but we, we had about three weeks to write the business right. plan, which was interesting because in my job I wrote business plans, but yeah. I knew absolutely nothing about farming. Thankfully, Graham did a bit, so we put our business um, plan together and um, and basically we've got the Young Farmer Startup Grant. Mm-hmm. So that's been really the structure that we've been basing our farm on because we've had conditions in there that we needed to meet. Yeah. And the basic plan is we've got some reseeding work, planting, planting new pasture, um, obviously had to reinstate all the fences that were falling down and the gates. There's a lot of work on that and on infrastructure and drainage and growing a flock from 100, which we bought with a grant, um, up to 300 by the end of year three. Brilliant. Gosh, that's, so, that's a big challenge, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know much about it when we planned it, but actually, I think, you know, I think it was about right. Yeah. We're in year four now. We just scanned yesterday, actually, and we've got 250 ewes and gimmers, basically. About yeah. half of them are gimmers this year, so that'll be interesting lambing. So, so we're, you know, we're lambing 250 this year, yeah, and we've got about 50 odd hogs as well. Yeah. So I think we'll have about 400 lambs this year. Great. Yeah. And we're breeding on our own replacements, so, I mean, we yeah. have bought a few little bits um, here and there but basically we're breeding our own placements so we're keeping the most of the females you know that are any good yeah um and uh and then yeah just sort of basically selling the males and yeah so i think we'll, we'll be fine we'll, we'll, we'll get there yeah you know, we've nearly done all our receding work we have get functioning gates and yeah. we have fences it's funny just at the stage now where we're thinking all oh, right we're nearly the end of year five we're next. What next? Yeah, yeah. we're next. So what size is the farm? Uh, it's about 500 acres. Okay. Uh, about half of that is sort of permanent pasture and half of that is sort of, you know, bog and burn really. Um, yeah. But we've just planted 100 acres of forestry okay. um, in the in the, um, in the worst kind of bit of the land. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and that also gave us, because we mentioned the March boundaries, it didn't even have March Kansas, boundaries. Yeah. So yeah. Um, the good thing about forestry is we, you know, we could get some March boundaries in there as well. Yeah. Um, and it basically put some of the worst land into into yeah. you know some kind of production yeah um and there's and a good grant for that in the central scotland yeah exactly as well, yeah, it was good there, up there so for that yeah. exactly so that worked really well and we yeah. were always interested in, you know graham's been leading on the forestry side and he's always been interested in forestry anyway in its own right so it was part of the plan really when we got yeah. the site that we knew that had yeah. potential for forestry so yeah. oh, on the other bit we've got um an eight scheme that we've just got just finished the capital works on that 
and then the remaining sort of pasture we're basically trying to improve that and have sort of productive pasture that yeah. we've been like seeding and actually graze <laughs> yeah. yeah it's not quite rotational grazing yet but we'll we'll put a line down the middle and yeah. you know and sort work them over that. and work towards it yeah. yeah so we've got plans we're starting to put in electric fencing where we can and and the plan would be to get most of that productive pasture into rotational grazing at some point um, but it's a question of when you actually make that move to really yeah, go for it. Yeah. We haven't had the stock to do it. Yeah. You need the mouths on the ground, but we're say, just coming to the point where we might have the mouths on the ground and able yeah. to do well, that's that it, as Lots well. of people that do rotational grazing find that the first year they've got way too much grass. Yes. Because yeah. it just makes it so yeah. productive. So you're right, you need the right amount we've of had stock way too to do much, it. Yeah. We've had way too much grass anyway. We've, yeah. You know, we have had neighbours graze a bit for us, but, we, yeah. you know, that's always tricky for yeah. biosecurity and that kind of thing. Yeah. So um, we've... This year, I've just done a bit of an analysis of supply and demand, and I think we're looking, you know, like we're tracking quite well this yeah. year. Yeah. Fingers crossed, hopefully, we'll see what happens Good. for the grass. So we've said that you're into sort of nature-friendly farming, and you've got an eek scheme. What's yeah. In, what's in the eek? Some small pockets of forestry which give mm-hmm. us shelter um, yeah. but obviously they're, they're good for you know, the na- nature side of things um mm-hmm. we've actually got um triple si site just next to us and it's actually on the same water course as, our, is as the, the bit ra- of is our a farm bog, is it? yes yeah. exactly yeah. there's a bit of the reservoir in front of our farm that is now triple si as well right okay. so we've got fencing on the the ditches and the burns okay. going into that area yeah. so it's fenced off areas yeah Basically, a way to graze grassland yes. on the other bit over there. We have that wing, curlew snipe. Sorry, also habitat mosaic on some of the other rougher areas. So it obviously means you can't graze at certain times. Um, have you got bits of scrub and things as well? Yes. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. The, the, the hill ground and another bit uh, just in front of Babel Castle there um, is the is sort of a new rate, um, can be grazed at certain times for wildflowers and that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, so um, I think that's all of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so what did you do before you were farming then? Well, I started out in marketing. Um, I used to work for, um, um, used to work in sort of food and drink brand management for a while and then moved into the university sector. And then for the last 15 years prior to just leaving, I worked at the University of Edinburgh helping students start companies. So it was sort of business okay. advisor, yeah. coach kind yeah. of thing for yeah. students. Um, love everything enterprise, did a little ent- entrepreneurship coaching um as part of that and I really I love that side I love that coaching side um and helping young people I love that age group of people as such brilliant talented people and so much potential I really enjoyed that side of things there's great camaraderie in the university the university is a great employer and I went part-time when I had the children and that they were very supportive of that as well so um yeah it was good and not coming from a farming background then, that those skills must have been really valuable when you're a new entrant because it's quite challenging being a new entrant and you're starting everything from scratch and you've got to write a business plan. So having that side, yes. you've got those skills, it must have been Everyone strong. kept on telling me that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, it, I think it was, I definitely think it was. Yeah. And certainly when we had to write that business plan, you know, yeah, I had a, and, you know, I had a template and I had the, mm-hmm. you know, I knew how to write a business plan. The problem is I didn't know much about sheep so well. <laughs> It's maybe less important if Graham knows that than it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a partnership. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. But um, no, it was it was useful, and I think the skill has been trying to find out where the transferable skills are because it's not necessarily it's not it wasn't obvious to me at the time, and certainly not been farming at all. It was completely overwhelming. It, it feels like from an outsider that everyone in farming is sort of third, fourth, fifth generation has mum and brothers and sisters all on the farm, and you know they were born you know lambing sheep and knew everything about it and 
that's certainly how it sort of felt from outside and I felt like yeah. a lot of you know ground to cover and I felt a bit like a bit of imposter syndrome yes yeah. <laughs> felt a bit like not understanding I don't know when, where, where I could fit in and I think in the last year it's been really interesting finding out where I do have skills that can be applied into farming and you know realizing where they can give me an edge and realizing also where what I'm not good at and what maybe we should so what in the last year do you think has made you shift your mindset a bit I, so when I gave up my job at the university, did the Rural Leadership Programme. Okay. Graham had done it a couple of years previously, yeah. and he really thought it was brilliant. So I thought, I, I knew I had some time now available to commit to it, which I never had in the past, yeah. and really could see it would be a really good transition thing for me. I remember saying in my application, it, it, I did have this sort of imposter syndrome a little bit, and, yeah. and, and finding these things. So that was really helpful to coach me through that. And I realised, of course, the Rural Leadership Programme, that actually I was completely wrong not everyone that is in farming you know is third fourth generation and people were very much supportive of what I was bringing to it um, and and see that saw that as a strength that maybe I hadn't seen as a strength so yeah that was really that was really useful I think that did change I did a they did some interesting personality profiling as well which was interesting was that the insights yeah yeah so we did that with Kim with a group of farmers and it is really interesting yeah. isn't it, to see it is really scary it is scary <laughs> it's, it's so funny bright. yeah um and I think uh yeah but it was really interesting and actually you realize that you see these things that you think oh you know I'm not I do see side of you that maybe frustrates you and you think actually no I, I, I can see that is a skill or that's a certain thing and it's yeah. funny enough I came out as a as an orange and an, an inspiring motivator or something, you're thinking, that just sounds like a fitness instructor to me. <laughs> so that's how you, is that what made you A little bit. Yeah. I had this idea when I, you know, when you do the Royal Leadership Programme, that we were very clear that had to be something that was different to what Graham had done. Mm-hmm. And I definitely saw my contribution to the farm as, it was really more like the diversification, because Graham really had the farm kind of covered. So it was, what yeah. can I do with what's available? Yes, I am involved in the farm, but what you know, what can I do that's additional to what Graham's doing? So I did have this idea of the fitness business. Um, I'm also doing some work on data. I really love, I did a lot of data analysis in my previous job. And so I love the data side of farming and I've got some very complicated spreadsheets (laughs) that are ever not, always not quite finished. Um, But looking at that side of things. Um, So they they had that side as well. And obviously the land boxes, which I already had established, um, but was keen to grow that. But um, I did have this idea of the fitness business. And then the more I sort of talked about it with people, I thought, you know, I think there might be something in this. Yeah. And then, you know, I saw that I got my personality profile and I thought, you know, I'd always felt like I was going to be good at this. <laughs> I just <laughs> I gave you the nudge you needed yeah, to Yeah, I remember when I, did, I know I did, when I was at university, I did a law degree and I was thinking, I'm just not like these other lawyer people. <laughs> <laughs> and then actually in that, that transition year, just before I started Royal Leadership, when I'd given up my job, I got really ill over the summer and I got really 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 bad thankfully temporary arthritis it was actually caused by the slap cheek virus that children get um and I was I literally couldn't move for three months and at the time I mean once I knew realized what it was it was better but at the time nobody knew what it was and I was being tested for all sorts of horrible illnesses that were really could have been you know life-changing yeah Yeah. and um and when I realized I wasn't and I could get I could get back to full health again it was just that yeah that was the final push that I yeah. thought you don't know how long I've got I've yeah. always wanted to do it so has fitness always been important there. to you then do you think yes yeah. it has yeah I mean I'm no sort of you know professional athlete or anything but yeah. I've always just enjoyed exercise as part of you know just as part of my my life really you yeah. know I've always, I love being outside one of the reasons that we 
me and my husband, when I, obviously Jane had a background in farming, but I was very keen to do the farm as well because it's in the Pentlands and I'd always cycled and run in the Pentlands and enjoyed, you know, nature and that side of things. So I loved the idea of a more outside lifestyle. Yeah. When I had the children, I met lots of, you know, other mums that were in a very similar situation. And, you know, it all started, we had a, a WhatsApp group of mums that were keen on running and... Mm-hmm. You know what's what it's like when you've got young children. You don't know, don't really know when your window's going to be, and no. you might just and they say, "I think I've got a window." Like yeah. my husband's back, and yeah. you know, oh, the kids are watching TV. Come on, I've got half an hour. Who's up yeah. for a run? Yeah. And and WhatsApp was brilliant for that because you yeah. could often find someone else that would just and it didn't really matter about where you ran or what speed you were doing or anything. It was all about just getting out and yeah. chatting, away. getting away. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, you're running as fast yeah. as you yeah. can away from the house. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, having a good chat while you were going around um, with your with your friends and really formed a great network of friends through that. Yeah. But then, you know, we were all either approaching or after 40, and I think the running's all very well, but actually you can get kind of injured quite easily. You sort of mm-hmm. get older if you just run. Yeah. And we were all finding this, so we started doing, um, saying, well, we really just need to do some sort of squats and lunges and core work and everything to, yeah. stop, to stop us getting injured. And I ended up, sort of leading on that and taking little circuits classes just when I wasn't a qualified personal trainer at that time but I just done a lot of it and was quite keen to do it yeah and then yeah I suppose I just thought well this is fun but it would be quite nice if I actually knew what I was doing and could do it officially yeah rather than just doing it as a bit of fun so um, making money from it as a bonus yeah exactly and making (laughs) money is definitely a bonus Yeah. yeah exactly so how long did the training take to I think it was probably just six months of Okay. concerted effort on my time. I think I ended up signing up in August. Then the land boxes go crazy September to December, yeah. so I didn't do much on that. Yeah. Then I find basically January, February, March is generally quite sort of quiet. Well, maybe January, February yeah. <laughs> is quite quiet on the farm, so I wasn't really required there. And the yeah. kids, and that was the first year that I had both kids, kids at school. So, um, you know, I had a little window then yeah. to uh, be able to just plough through the course yeah. um, in the day, you know, or you know, evenings or whatever. So there were there was some structured face to face time. Yeah, I could do it around you know around the family. Yeah, it would have been easier in a way to sort of do it, you know, just go on turn up and do the six week course. But it wouldn't have. It wouldn't have fitting worked. it in with what everyody yeah. else you're doing would exactly. have been quite difficult. Just wouldn't have yeah. worked. So then how did you go from the leap from, you know, being, going for runs with your friends and doing personal training with them, and then how did the, where did the idea for the farm fitness come from? Do you know, I think I think Graham came up with it initially. Yeah. <laughs> he was, give him we were credit. busy hammering fence posts at the farm, getting absolutely exhausted. You yeah. could see all these people running past, going like, "You've got so much energy, come and help." Yeah. <laughs> and it was a bit of a joke about how we could get people to come up and and lift sandbags or whatever, and you yeah. know, lift things of hay bales for us. And um, of course, the reality is that doesn't really work. But <laughs> no, but if you can build in those sorts of moves, that yeah, you're doing exactly. On, you know, working... And definitely at the moment it's very much focused on functional fitness, which you were doing with farming. And certainly I was finding with farming, the problem is, the problem with farming is, is you have days of intensive effort followed by long periods of not intensive effort. Yeah. So that doesn't really work. So maintaining fitness yeah, is hard. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So you can't just say, well, I'm working on the farm and that's it. Because actually yeah. you might go for weeks at a time without really doing that much. So. I think there's that perception, because we were talking with Kim about the five steps to personal resilience. And one of them is being active. And another one is being social. So it's, uh-huh. a, it's great exactly. that you can combine those two together. But, you know, she was saying, oh, farmers have a very active job. And they do. But you're right. There are lots of times where, you know, they might be sitting ploughing for two weeks at a time. And, exactly. And, exactly. yeah, you've got to build in 
exercise into your day if you're going to be doing that because then when you get off that tractor you're going to find you're struggling again yeah, exactly. or something hurts because yeah. you've been so sedent exactly actually sitting yeah. i mean apart from about the you're not resting actually it's really hard on your body you know your hip flexors get tight and you you know you get sore. It, it's it's hard yeah. you know yeah. so you have to just you know add, you have to keep moving to not completely you know seize up yeah so um yeah no exactly so i was keen to you know keep things going in that yeah. regard and you know keep keep moving um, but then, you know, so I had the, the running group anyway from that. Yeah. And certainly, as like what Kim says, keeping active for me has been absolutely essential through the farm. And, and the good thing about the running group and now farm works is it is super social. Yeah. But we had a great session last night and we actually had um, a local lad who's helping with all the sheep scanning. And I said, oh, come to farm works tonight. <laughs> he joined in as well. Oh, I said, this is fab. It was yeah. great. We've got a whole range of people from different different ages, from different areas, all. And are they from? farming backgrounds generally or no, 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 just, no, just not at friends all. Initially no, Ethan was in. the first one. Yeah. yeah, exactly. No, not at all. Just, yeah. just local. Tends to be local, but we had yeah. had some people coming from slightly further afield. Um, but um, well, you're yeah, lucky that people. you've got the village so close that you've got that yeah, population you can exactly. draw. Exactly, so, and I do yeah. find Burley tends to attract kind of active people because we're on the water of Leith and we're near the Pentland, so yeah. those sort of runners and cyclists tend to like to come to Bologna because yeah. it's a handy place to live. Yeah. Um, but in the region, isn't that many you know local gyms and things around? Yeah, so right. you know people yeah. are looking for things that they don't have to sign up to a gym and for. getting some fresh air is always nice yeah, as well, exactly. isn't it? So yeah, since we started formally, we've been the good thing is we do have the shed. Yeah. So the previous owner of the farm, I think, used to build sheds. So we've got some very large shed space. It's a massive shed. Yes, it's a massive farm, shed. Yeah. Yeah. and we don't bring anything in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we don't really need it. So um, yeah, it's good use of the shed. Yeah. And you know. When the summer we, you know, hope to go outside a bit more, but yeah. um, you know, it's nice to have a have a dry lie I down when you're doing your sit ups. Yeah, you know? well, yes, yeah. <laughs> you know, and last night, I mean, it was the the, the yard was just completely it was like an ice rink, you know, yeah. and there was horizontal sleet, so yeah, you yeah. wouldn't have been training in that. No, but we were yeah. we were snuggish. Yeah. In so the do you gym. think that exercise helps your your mental health? Then do you think? It, you, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so when I was had that horrible arthritis thing I mean that was the hardest thing I just feel yeah. like it's, you know I, do, I find I get depressed if I don't you know do yeah. exercise yeah and uh and you know you just, it's the endorphins you just get a huge yeah. endorphin rush and yeah. then I guess if you could be outside as well and it's a double whammy because you yeah. get the you know the fresh air and everything yeah, and it's such a it's such a leveler thankfully I, apart from that one window I've always been able to do it but mm-hmm. I really now enjoy giving other people that you know I love yeah. it when people come up and everyone's a bit like mm, you know busy day at work and I'm you know not yeah. quite sure I'm into Can't that be bothered and, yeah and by, by the end everyone's like whooping and high-fiving yeah. each other <laughs> yeah the fact that I've enabled that gives me an even higher kind of like yeah absolutely you know if yeah. I get such a rush out of it I yeah. really do I just um, just it definitely works for me you know that I just, yeah I just so do you really do anything it. else to build your personal resilience do you think or is, is exercise your main thing I think uh, I would say you mentioned friends as yeah. well so yeah. um yeah I mean I'm lucky that I do have a group of friends here though it's funny um it was saying to me the other day it's the, coming to the time of year when you disappear because <laughs> we're coming because yeah. we're coming into learning and everything yeah. and I'm normally kind of up and going to the runs and then suddenly it's like why has Becky not been on the whatsapp for ages and yeah. it just suddenly gets busy and then I do find that hard because actually I you know just that little interaction even if it's just having the time to have a bit of banter on whatsapp so it is, is important to try and keep those going you mentioned you know, we were talking about work earlier but I missed those friendships at work mm-hmm. you know I had a great I was there for 15 years and then I worked with some really lovely people that became friends within that sort of entrepreneurship scene of Edinburgh 
I knew people and you'd yeah. always bump into people and it's just nice. You don't really appreciate it when you've got it, but suddenly you're completely losing it and not being in that world at all anymore. Yeah. I, you know, I realised that how much I appreciated it and liked it. Yeah. That was what was great about the leadership programme. I sort of actively went out there to find a new network, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, it was nice with the Nature Friendly Farming network proposal that we had and realised that there was connections that I knew Ian from Raw Leadership and I knew yeah. you from the farm and you yeah. know realising oh I, I'm beginning to feel like I am part of the network yeah. and I'm recognising the names and I, yeah. similar people that I've met are, are cropping up into things and yeah. it's a really nice feeling to yeah. be well, I find in that, that network even, you know I, I'm from the border so I'm, I am one of these fifth generation <laughs> farmers that you talk about but I grew up in the borders on my family farm and then I moved up here when I married my husband and I worked in farming in the borders and knew everybody yes. through the family and yeah. just from living there my whole life. And then uh-huh. suddenly coming here, I knew people, but it, it has taken me a long yeah. time to make those connections with clients and, and yeah. family friends and things. And it's is, it is hard. Yeah. I think it does take sort of five years before you settle in exactly. to the area. And it's funny to say that because I think exactly what Graham said. You know, he grew up in the farming community out the west and he sometimes he dropped, you know, when we're going out there seeing his parents and he's looking at the farms and says, you know, I, I know... I know, I know all these farms. I know whose farms all these areas, yeah, yeah. and you know, and you realise that he doesn't necessarily know that here. Obviously, yeah. we're building that knowledge now, but it's yeah. funny. It's a, but it's a part of me that I obviously I've never had, but I, yeah, I can appreciate what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. So yeah, certainly the so having my personal friends, and then I think that just that wider network, is very good. You know, from the career perspective. Yes having these connections definitely yeah. and I guess being a, a, a mum in the village as well you get those connections through the kids which is yeah, nice as well yeah. so you've got different social circles which I think is important in farming yes. because you can't can't it's just not all farming, it's not no, all exactly. farming I think we're yeah. quite lucky here because you know, basically it's you know everyone most people here are sort of lawyers and teachers and everyone and you know, they go into they go into town to work so yeah. you know mostly um, but there is a nice little village community here and that's certainly Bologna is very great. It's a great place to bring up kids. So yeah, yeah, there's a good network there. I've been going on to a few of the monitor farm meetings as well, and that's oh, yeah. been really interesting. And then yeah. again, when you keep going, I'm beginning to see the same faces yeah. and beginning to have yeah. you know similar people, and people are coming over and saying, "Hey, you know, how's it yeah. going? And yeah. how are the sheep?" And it's yeah. just nice, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it just yeah. gives you a wee boost. Um, yeah, absolutely. And Graham's found that really good as well. He goes to the monitor farms, and he's you know made some great connections there. So, so yeah, I would say to so the exercise, yeah. meeting up people. Um, I think what you eat is really important, mm-hmm. yeah, so I think I do try and focus on that as much as I can. I think yeah. you do as a mum anyway, because obviously yeah. you're trying to rear some healthy kids, um, and, but I'm probably more into it now being a food producer, so and try and support, you know, we get our local milk delivered and mm-hmm. get the veggie box, you know, from the local organic farm, and I mean, I'm not perfect, and I do eat, you know, the odd sausage roll does come through the house, <laughs> but... <laughs> Well, but you wouldn't be human if you didn't succumb to some, some but, bad food. Yes, you know, I try and make a good stew and a good soup every every yeah. week, at least, yeah. you know, and batch yeah. cook and fill the freezer. And I, I think that, you know, really helps if you come in from a hard day, but you come into a, a home, you know, home-cooked stew that yeah. you might have cooked last week. But, you know, you that's just nice. And and exactly. Yeah. You, you never never get happier mum than a, you know, you've produced a meal of your homebred lamb that yeah. everyone polishes off. It's yeah. such a... Satisfying you know, such a satisfying yeah, feeling yeah, and I, I do actually get a real and get a buzz out of that and I know yeah. that obviously getting the right nutrition is well, it's nice for the kids as well knowing where their food comes yeah. from and having that connection with their food as well it's important, yeah exactly it? and they do you know they do and they're like oh is this your lamb mummy and it's like yes that's <laughs> great the other thing in any farm it's that sort of joint ownership of a project I suppose I what for me I felt like I wanted something that was my own 
Yes. You know, so yeah. having had a job and a career of my own, I think moving into the farm, I was like, this isn't going to work for me, just having to... Help. Yes, be, be just, being, just being yeah. an assistant. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And Graham, obviously, is going, he's got much more experience there. He's obviously going to be leading in these big decisions on the farm. And mm-hmm. yes, just not enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> just to, be, to need something for myself. Done marketing the food and drink sector before. You know, the interest in marketing. It made sense to do the land boxes. So I'm very much taking the lead on the land boxes. Mm-hmm. And that was my initial thing that was just for me. And then obviously farm works as well has been a nice addition to that. So when we first did the land boxes, you know, a grass-fed system, but we don't want to extend the season. It makes sense to get the, the lambs away in November rather than extend the season and have lamb available for a longer period. Yeah. Um, we just need to get them away, really, from yeah. the way the farms work. So then I'm thinking, well, that's fine. So I've got September, so November, December. What do I do in January and February? Yeah. So that's when the farm works thing came in. And, I would you know, just have a rest comes. if I were you. so very busy. <laughs> Like your favourite, just gonna take it easy. You're obviously very. Well, I might get a haircut then, yeah. I guess. But yeah, no, no, I like to have a project. And I think that's that's the things. It's having my own thing and having a project is great. The farmworks has been great for that, and then also just the like the data and my spreadsheets and those kind of things. It's nice to have a thing that I can, if it is quiet, I can work on that a bit more. Mm. And uh, well, constant re- constant review of your business is really important, yeah. and I think. As new entrants, you're having to do that for your um, your new entrant grant, aren't you? With your milestones, you need to you need to know where yeah, you are. But I yeah. think it's important for all businesses to do that, and lots yeah. of people don't have the time. So it's great that you make the time well. to do that because it, <laughs> well, it is important because you need yeah. to know where you are to know well, where you're going. There's a lot more. Yeah, there's a lot more that could be done in that area. Yeah. But um, yeah, I have to say it's the one thing that probably doesn't get done as much as it should. But because that's the thing with farming life, and well, certainly as a second in line in the farm, you know, it's very busy, and then suddenly it's really quiet. So yeah. you know, you're trying to manage that where it used to be. You just turn up at nine and leave at five and and so we've been talking with Kim about how your own personal mindset affects your business so how important mm. do you think your mindset and Graham's mindset is to how the business is doing like do you think how you're f- feeling personally at the time affects how the business is doing oh yeah it must yeah. do usually yeah. um it's all it's all related it's all interlinked isn't it yeah and uh and it's even, I think it is more confusing in a farm business because what's happening with the family and if one of the kids is sick or one of the kids is having a tough time at school, it just affects everything, yeah. you know. And then, whereas I could just sort of deal with that, but then just go to work and have a complete different mindset. I'll be with Graham and he's come from the same place, so he's yeah. in the same mindset. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah it's, I, think, I think that is probably one of the issues that they have with sort of family farming businesses and probably the same with any family business, I suppose, but... Where does the break come? Where does the, you know, the positive input come from to lift yeah. you kind of out of it? Yeah. So, so it's like what yeah. you're saying about getting out and seeing other yeah, people. Yeah, exactly. And doing other exactly, things, just get yeah. a bit of wider perspective on it. And it sounds like for you, the rural leadership was a real catalyst to make you diversify the farm business and make it more resilient as well. Because yeah. focusing just on lamb is risky. Because yeah. we all know that lamb prices aren't great. So, yeah. Yeah, know, yeah, exactly. Things has made your business more resilient. Yeah, and that's come from from you. Well, I think it was Janice. Probably in terms of the diversification, in terms of the forestry, it came from G. All right, okay. <laughs> and the rural leadership. Yeah. From my perspective, I guess it's the land boxes and yes. the farm works and yeah. those kind of things. But yeah. yes, I think yes. When Graham did the rural leadership program, he did the, you know, he thought about the eight schemes and the forestry and all yeah. that kind of yeah. thing exactly to get yeah. more. And it's just within the farm itself. For me, it's probably just thinking about the ways to use what we've got to extend it into the community and that kind of thing, which is which is nice. Yeah. And, you know, we have a you know, Facebook and Instagram for the farm and obviously for farm works now and I I just I think it's quite nice to have that community interaction and yeah. 
people I think people are more interested in where their food's coming from. Yeah. So it's, I think it is important for farmers to market themselves. Yeah, well. It's an opportunity to get positive yeah. messages out about farming. I have to say, I do find the, the farm works concept easier to sell than the land boxes. Right, okay. <laughs> people like the idea of land boxes, but the reality is, I think people don't cook that much. And, yeah. And, you know, I just think you are slightly pushing against the tide. Um, this drew, which is a shame, but um, I'm still, you know. I will do it and put the positive messages out there. But, yeah. uh, well, it's interesting. We did a podcast with Primrose Beaton, who's um, she's head of cattle sales at Loring Simonton, and most of the podcast was about meat, how people don't buy good quality meat and cook it for the week anymore. But it sounds like you do that with batch cooking and stuff. Yeah. But that's what she was really talking about. Well, I think that's that, the issue, like, and I think we can you can talk about the vegan movement and all that. But actually, I think it's I think it's more than that. I think it's I think it's the rising convenience. Yeah. Product, you know, so I think that's why basically the, the multiples have really picked onto the vegan movement because hey, they can make vegan sausage rolls and vegan burgers and yeah. everything else. Yeah. And yeah, hey, what, you know, vegetables are cheaper than meat, they make more money on it. Yeah, yeah. And people will buy them if they think they're doing good, you know, good things for the planet. Yeah. And let's face it, so sausage, sausage rolls are sausage roll and you know, what it's got in it doesn't really matter. No, it, it, good. <laughs> it comes out of the freezer and goes yeah. into the oven and it's ready in 20 minutes and that's yeah. all I've got, so yeah. that works. Yeah. And it's you know, it's harder to cook. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it is in a way that hard, but it does involve a little bit of thinking planning. in advance and yeah. planning and you can't just literally just pop in and put it on the table in 20 minutes and I think yeah. that's what people want these days. But I guess the appeal of a lamb box is you can bulk buy and then you know it's in the freezer, so yeah. you've, you've got it. And with the lamb boxes, I, I do a recipe book um, okay. of um, of a recipe to cook for every joint so yeah. I know that people don't necessarily know like what the different cuts are and what yeah. they're going to do with it and I think yeah. that's a big people are concerned because it's you know it's an expensive product so yes. they don't want to there's a high risk they might get it wrong and then they yeah. spend a lot of money on it and then yeah. they've ruined it in the yeah. cooking and then yeah. it's you know so it's quite a high risk thing actually if you think about yeah. it compared to just reading the instructions putting it in so uh, hopefully I'm de-risking it by saying you know, you have everything that you need in here, and it, yeah. I, I think I worked it out that it produced half a lamb box or produce 35 meals on the table. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and I tend, to, my recipes do tend to be, you know, with veg and everything else, you know, yeah, so yeah. it's making it Healthy. go further. Yeah. Um, exactly. And yeah. Uh, the next recipe book, I'm trying to focus on recipes that do really make it go further. So, okay. you know, adding the lentils and everything into the uh, shepherd's pie, you know, but yeah, it's funny to bulk it out. But yeah. this is the way that, but that's the way my mother used to cook. And it wasn't yeah. because she didn't want to eat less meat for the environment. It was because meat's expensive and yeah. it made it go further. Yeah. And actually it's, it is, a, you know, it turns out it's quite a healthy way to, yeah. to cook. <laughs> we knew your mum's were right all along. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So what is success for you and how do you know when you've achieved it? I suppose with my I with my both the lamb boxes and the farm works and it is early stage I wouldn't say it's been successful yet but obviously it's got to be the, I love the metrics coming in I love it when I get a the phone tells me that someone's bought a lamb box or yeah. someone's signed up for a thing so there is I suppose a, a level of sales mm-hmm. that makes yeah. sense yeah. you know that, yeah. that that to make that sort of viable and I don't think we're quite there yet with either of the, those businesses yeah. um, but I feel like I mean ultimately it has to be that mm-hmm. also it has to tie in with everything else that's happening you know mm-hmm. I suppose it, and certainly I mean with a, I would say farm which is successful already on its own right well just because of the the, the buzz that, yeah, people, that are I get people are enjoying yeah. it yeah exactly yeah. and I think um at the moment actually I'm not I'm doing it completely um for charity I'm doing a mm-hmm. people are raising money for I'm raising money for um, the British Heart Foundation okay. which is just a great charity and I just 
think it's a nice thing to do. People like to know that they're giving to a charity, but also it's setting the precedent that this isn't for free. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to pay for classes. Um, yeah. But I think that's a nice thing to do. So I'm, I'm still, I think it's, you know, as it, at the level it's at, I'm fine to do it that way. If it's suddenly, you know, I'm suddenly doing classes every night, I, I won't be able to do that. But yeah. at the moment, it's yeah. sort of, you know, it's still manageable almost as a kind of hobby yeah and it would still be successful to me if it stayed that way yeah um but i suppose there's a question of scale isn't there and obviously that isn't sustainable and in the long term as if it if it grows bigger yeah um but then if it grows bigger i don't know you know i've got the kids i can't do farmers classes every night so then i you know i'd have to scale it and get other instructors in and that's that's a possibility yeah Yeah, you know i'm quite there's ways 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 around it yeah. yeah so i'm just sort of Looking at how it how it scales, basically. Basically, all these projects are part-time for me. I'm, you know, I have young kids. Um, and some holidays I am off. I'm, mm-hmm. I've got the kids. Yeah. So I have large periods when I'm off. Yeah. And um, and the kids, the, you know, the kids will always be the priority. Yeah. So to some degree, I know that that will change as they get bigger. But at the moment, if the family side suffers, it's not it's not success. Yeah. So it, um, this is all just keeping my eye in, really, for when when I have more time, you yeah, know, to, to, to yeah. when the kids are older. Yeah. yeah. So um I suppose on the, all those things there's an eye of yes it might it might not completely wash its face financially. If it's doing that then it's okay. So thank you very much, Becky, for taking the time out of your very busy oh, it's schedule been to, to see you to talk to us today. You can find out more about personal resilience and the other services offered by the Farm Advisory Service on the website www.fas.scot. And if you'd like further advice, you can call the helpline on 0300 323 0161.